0: listening to another sermon podcast presented by Chelsea Presbyterian Church. Located in Chelsea, Alabama, we value community, fellowship, and love for people from all walks of life. For more information, find us online at www.chelseapres.org or check us out on Facebook. So we're almost to the end of our series on the habits of grace, And uh, matter of fact, there's going to be one more Um, week after this week and then we're going to revisit our core values uh, in our church uh, for about four weeks after that and then we're going to have a fall series on the names of God Uh, so those are some of the things that are coming up in the future with this but this is uh, second to the last uh, sermon that we're going to do through this series and we've talked about it so far these are disciplines that God has given us to enjoy life more and to grow deeper in our relationship with him some habits uh, are individual, we've talking about with uh, Bible study and prayer, uh, and even fasting that, that some people may participate in. But some, like the one today, uh, like, and worship, are things that we do together, things that we do in relation to the community around us, not just with ourselves. Uh, so today we're talking about, again, this week, part two, of what Chris started last week on the idea of discipleship, more specifically, that we are all whether we're young or we're old or male or female all to be in relationships friendships that lead to us being discipled and discipling others and as chris talked about last week first you must be a disciple before you can disciple others but when you do what does that begin to look like? So uh, let's look at our passages for the day, They're the same passages that Chris uh, did last week. Chris thanks again for that. It was a very good and clear sermon on discipleship. And uh like we always say, you didn't walk over my sermon, I'm not gonna walk over yours. We 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 work in different ways in that and God bless them both and thankful for that. So uh Let's look at our, our passages for the day. Uh, if you have your Bibles, you can flip through a few of them. Uh, but it's probably easier just to look at the order of worship to do that. Uh, first verse of Matthew, and he said, Jesus, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus also said in Matthew 28, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in the first Thessalonians Paul says about discipleship so being affectionately desirous of you we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God but also our own selves because you have become very dear to us this is the word of the Lord thanks be to God Father God make your words clear today help us see a bigger picture of, of the plan that you would have for us to be involved and how you grow your kingdom uh, equip us help us to see uh, life in you outside of ourselves in a big way today it's in jesus name that i pray amen now if you've been around the church for any given amount of time we just talked about it in the announcements you know i love the barbecue uh, and i'm talking about smoking meat low to slow i'm not talking about what some people call barbecue uh, we're in the deep south, grilling and, and, and barbecuing are two different things, and we have to keep, we have to keep reminding our uh, northerners and west coast friends of that, but we will keep doing that because we're gracious people. Uh, but from ribs to, ribs to pulled pork uh, to brisket, I have a passion, as you know, and a commitment to smoking the best barbecue I can, and people seem to like it, but here's the thing. It's really not in my blood. It's not in my DNA. I don't come from a long line of uh, generational barbecuers. I just don't. In fact, growing up, I really didn't even like meat. And here's the reason why. Most of the meat that I had was so overcooked, it's like my mom and dad <coughs> saw any juice in a piece of meat as the enemy. I don't know if y'all had parents like that, or ever you were like that. They cooked what I called holy meat. It means they cooked the hell out of it. You know. <laughs> so how did I? So how did? So how did I learn? How did I learn to barbecue? Well, remember when I moved to Memphis, uh, and Lawrence and I bought this little grill, and I was excited, and I cooked some chicken at the time, and when I got through, it tasted like a cross between lighter fluid and shoe leather, and I vowed at that point to her that I would never cook her a piece of meat again. So what changed? See, in Memphis, here's the thing. here's really the point of the story. In Memphis, over time, I came in contact with a community of people that were hardcore, generational barbecue smokers. And I spent time with them. I watched them. They, They talked to me about good practices and good methods. They instructed me, they guided me, and they even let me help and practice at times. And I imitated them. And it took a few years, but after a while, I was pretty good. Smoking me. And our first church purchase was a barbecue smoker, and the rest, as they say, is history. So, when we talk about the idea of discipleship, it's a lot like what I just described. The idea of making disciples, the idea that as followers of Jesus, we should more and more be becoming disciples, but we should also more and more be pouring our lives into others to help them become better disciples, and, and seeking out people that are willing to pour their lives into us. So let's look at three points today that kind of help us wrap our head around this idea of discipleship in the way that I'm talking about. You see, they're outlining our, our, our order of worship. We're going to talk about Jesus' calling. We're going to talk about Jesus' commission. Uh, and then we're going to talk about his camaraderie. And all of those things are important when you think in terms of discipling and being discipled. Jesus' call here was in Matthew 4, 19, and he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. I'm not gonna spend too much time on this today, but Chris talked about this last week. Uh, When I was young, one of my favorite movies uh, was a film called The Bad News Bears. Anybody seen that growing up, The Bad News Bears? Uh, Here's kind of a synopsis, even if you haven't seen it. In 1976, there's a guy named Morris uh, Buttermaker and he was played by Walter Mouth Albert. Uh, He was this alcoholic pool cleaner uh, and a former minor league baseball pitcher. And he's recruited by the Bears, which is this little league team, made a bunch of misfits in Southern California. And the team is shunned by all these other more competitive teams in their little league and shunned by the competitive parents and shunned by the competitive coaches. Nobody wants to coach them, nobody wants them in the league. The Bears are outsiders. They're the least talented team in the league. And in the first game, uh, the coach forfeits after they have 26 runs, the other team does, and they didn't get one out. And finally, he just calls the game. But throughout the season, uh, more and more, through a turn of events that you'd see in the movie, the team starts gaining more and more confidence, and they start winning games. Matter of fact, they eventually make it to the championship, and they're playing the top-notch, team in the league called the yankees so it's the bears against the yankees in this last championship game in kind of a self-realization the coach realizes that during the season he's placed too much emphasis on winning and puts all his bench warmers to allow everyone a chance to play and even in doing this they almost win the game and many of those feel good movies that you see at the time even though they didn't win the game they still had a big celebration and all hug each other and all of those things but it's a story the story itself is a story of a ragtag group of kids that did the unexpected. Now, the draw of the movie, The Bad News Bears, for me, was appealing for two reasons. One was uh, that I, this is the sheer comedy of seeing kids out there fumbling around and the coach's response to that and all that. But the other thing that really struck me is these kids were kids that didn't have it all together. But they came together in a unique way to find value and meaning and purpose in their thoughts. And so, we talked about this a lot a while back, but it's exactly what we have here with Jesus with his first disciples. They are a group of ragtag people. They're not the people that you would expect. They're not not the spiritual leaders of the day. Uh, They're not Jewish theologians. Uh, They're not um, experts in the law. They're none of those things. They're fishermen. As he talked about last week. But here's the thing that the story tells us anybody can be a disciple of jesus because a disciple simply means one thing all it means is you're a learner you're a learner that's all it means you don't have to have expert knowledge of the bible you don't have to have expert knowledge of the church and all the workings of that you just have to know jesus but from the beginning it also involved these guys becoming fishers of men raising up other disciples They're instructing other people in the things of God. Uh, Chris said it well last week. As an overflow of the abundance of the relationship that they have with Jesus, they begin to disciple others uh, through that, through what God had done to them. And and, and among that is a calling uh, that we bring other people along with us, which brings us to our second point, the commission here. Let's look at uh, that second verse. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, Baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Now this verse is a little complicated in a, in, in a way, and people preach it different ways actually than I've seen. But we know a couple of things that this, this verse doesn't apply to everyone in the room. See, not everyone is called to baptize. That's set aside for the church leaders uh, that, that God has uh, called. Not everyone is called to go to every, all the nations, including me. I'm called here. I'm not necessarily called to other nations. But here's the part that does apply to everyone in this room. We are all to play some part in some way in making disciples. The main point of this verse is discipleship is not just primarily about you. When we become disciples, we have a different life mission that involves the people around us that we encounter. But here's the thing, to kind of make it a little easier to wrap your head around, the reality of it is everyone in this room is already doing this. Uh, we've all been involved in disciple making in some form, right? Maybe, maybe you're not always disciple making for Jesus, but you are a, a, a disciple. You know, the question is, who's influencing you through what you're doing? Uh, or, or maybe, uh, how are you influencing the people that are watching you? Every one of us, unbeliever, believer, young, old. We're already engaged in some kind of discipleship. Every one of us in some way carries some kind of influence over other people. It's a matter of, are we gonna be intentional about that influence that we have? See, to be human is to be about discipleship. It's not a question of, are you teaching? But what are you teaching to the people that are around you? And, And here's the thing, discipleship in the end usually more often ends up uh, changing us more than the folks that we actually pour into. If you've ever tried to teach anybody anything, you know that to be true. When I was a teacher, I would learn more than my students because I would think it through. I prepare all those things. And through the process of explaining those things, I was learning. Uh, now, I'm not asking you to be a teacher, um, but I am saying this. Many times in the process, of spending time with someone and explaining your faith to someone, it actually helps you understand and grow in your faith. It's like, if you've ever, anybody been around uh, someone teaching a little child how to fish, Uh, it causes you to get back to the basics and reminds you of what's really important and brings you back to the fundamentals of, of fishing as you have to explain that. And it helps you as much as it helps them. So we're all not only to be called to be disciples, but to make disciples. So what does that look like? We've we talked about this idea, we've talked about it for two weeks. Yes, everybody in this room is called to make disciples. Yes, you're already discipling in some way. But what does that look like for the average person like you in the church? I'm like, yeah, I understand, you're a pastor. Of course you're going to be discipling. Or some people uh, have the gift of teaching. Of course they're, they're disciple makers. But what does it look like for the average person in this room right now let's look at our last point. number three jesus's camaraderie so being affectionately desirous of you we were ready to not only share the gospel of god but also our own selves because you have become very dear to us so looking at this verse see one of the main components of discipleship is right here that i think a lot of people miss in discipling others it's about following Jesus. Yes. Discipleship is about sharing the good news of Jesus. Yes. Sharing and talking about Jesus? Yes. But also, and probably more importantly, it's about what it says in this verse: sharing your own self with others. Being Jesus, many times, it's just more important than talking about Jesus and about and, and sharing life and pouring into others this is what the components of discipleship are see here's the reason i would say that it's not just about creating a disciple but more so cultivating a friendship with people around you it's one of the first baseline things that you can do that you begin to disciple people cultivating a friendship with others spending time taking time to pour into them in a way that we normally wouldn't do. Cultivating a friendship, because we're already, when we become a disciple, we're invited in the circle of friends of Jesus. And through friendship, we invite others into that circle of friendship. Jesus gave us the model. We know that there were times that he taught his disciples. In fact, they called him rabbi and teacher on occasions. Uh, But Jesus was clear that they were much more than followers or just students or disciples. He said, you are my friends. See, if, if we really understand disciple making, we're gonna to begin to understand, as we say often, it's more about relationship than it is religious duty. I'm not gonna guilt you into thinking that, 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 that you need to be uh, disciple making, but I am saying this, there's something more than life Through making disciples, and that's the friendship uh, that we're dealing with here. Not just religious duty, it's relationship. So, by looking at the passages today, you should be thinking more about friendship and thinking in the ways that we are trying to be talking to people, more than we should be talking to people, about believing in Jesus or coming to church. That was the goal that Jesus had, and it should be ours. And so the call today for the discipleship is a little different than a lot of people would say. It's a call to remember and practice friendship as if our lives and the other people's lives around us depend on it. It means this, practicing friendship with people that you like and people that you don't like. Practicing friendship with people that, that, who live like you and people that don't live like you. Practicing friendship with people that look like you and people that don't look like you. Practicing friendship with people that vote like you and people that don't vote like you. Practicing friendship with your neighbors and even those people in your life that try to make you their enemy. See, this is why at a church like Chelsea Perez, that that if we remember how to practice friendship in the way that Jesus did, in the way that people need and that people want, And and, and remembering that it has changed us all. It's never been more critical in today's world than it is now. The church's main mission in a a world that's forgot how to be friends is to be a tangible reminder of the friendship that we were made from, the friendship of the Trinity that may have died. Uh, And then, not only that, but the friendship that we were made for in communion. It starts and ends with the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. We are the ones who understand that God has befriended us in Jesus. Not because we have our act together. Not because we, we think like God. That's all right, Chris. We'll just take it from here. Not because we think like God or even act like God. That's not why. But because... The friendship is in the very nature of God. That love of friendship that God has for us is what he's reminding us and inviting us into today and wants us to do the same. He wants us to play a part in reminding others and inviting them into the same relationship that we have experienced. So let's come to the table today to communion with Jesus where he reminds us every week that we have a deep relationship uh, with him by way of what he did on the cross, and we experience that, and he wants us to invite others to that. Let's pray. Well, God, thank you for today uh, and our opportunity to just come and look at your word. Um, we, um, we're thankful that you have in um, so many ways blessed us. Lord, remind us that discipleship is not something we have to kind of create something that we have to manufacture. It's not just about duty, but it's just sharing with others the things that we have experienced. We always do that in so many ways with so many other loves and passions that we have in our life. Help us to be bold about doing that in relation to you. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed today's sermon. We want to remind our listeners that our doors are always open at Chelsea Presbyterian Church, and we invite all our listeners to join us for worship. You can visit us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at Chelsea Middle School. To hear more of our sermons from our church or for more information, you can find us online at www.chelseaprez.org or check us out on Facebook.